Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. Okay, so having all this in 
great story of uh, the miraculous image of Our Lady in Townsend. So, in Albania, between the 1440s and the 1460s, this man George was king, and he fought numerous, numerous battles against the Ottoman Turks that were taking over that part of the Mediterranean at that time. They were very cruel in their ways of subjugating peoples and taking people captive as slaves. And, and he basically single-handedly, from during those two decades, kind of protected the rest of Europe from the Ottoman Turks. And for that, he was given various honors and titles from the Pope himself. And he's a very well-known um, and honored military figure. Numerous, numerous battles where the odds were all stacked against him. At one point, he was besieged for over a year in one of his cities, uh, but managed to, to survive. Um, and frequently during this time, this king would visit this little shrine of Our Lady, this little shrine church in the town of Scutari, where that image was. And he would invoke her assistance and ask for help um, as he tried to make the right decisions for defending his people and, um, and so on. Finally, after 20, 23 years of, of just constant fighting, he dies at age 53 um, in four, early 1467. And his people at this point grow very afraid. Uh, many of them start leaving Albania, particularly for Italy because it's close, because they don't think anybody in their kingdom is going to be able to fend off the Turks much longer. They've kind of barely done it as it is. So many of them start leaving. And that's where these two soldiers come in the picture. They themselves are trying to figure out, should we stay in Albania or should we leave? And so they go to this shrine of Our Lady, they also ask for counsel, if you will, right? help, light from Our Lady to know what to do. They go to her and they say, we stay, we go. And they both one night have a dream of Our Lady where she tells them two things. She says, you should go, <laughs> you should leave. Um, and then also she tells them, I myself am going to leave. I'm going to sort of move my image to prevent it from being desecrated by the Turks when they do come. And the Turks do come just in the forward. Eight years later, they do come and conquer Albania, eight years after the king dies. Um, so these two soldiers, they both wake up and they, they're like, I had this crazy dream. And the other one's like, I had this dream too. <laughs> and, and so they go, they go back from where they're sleeping, they go back into the shrine of this image. And then before they realize what's happening, the image has literally detached itself from wall of this shrine, sort of covered itself in a, in a cloud, sort of like glowing with light, and moves out of the, out of the front doors of this shrine church, and they, they follow 19 miles to the coast, and then they continue following this image that's just sort of floating in the air all the way to Italy, and all the way into Rome, where it disappears, and, and that's where we'll, we'll leave the soldiers for now. And we'll move instead to Genazzano, this town of 30, 40 miles out, outside of Rome. And during what would have been the final three years or so of the king's life, so we're talking 1464 to 1467, this widow who was in her early 70s named Petruccia also received a dream from Our Lady in this little town of Genazzano where she asked Petruccia to rebuild the oldest church in town, Genetzada at this point, had a number of little churches from different eras and, and, and its history. 
the oldest was this church under the title of the Council. And Our Lady appears here and says, I want you to rebuild my church. And particularly Our Lady asked that this kind of side chapel be rebuilt, um, which was dedicated to St. Blaise and was in ruins. And so Patricia, you know, even though she was a widow and had hardly any money at all, she said to it, and uh, she was able to build her. <laughs> The story says she was able to build about one foot high of a new wall for the side chapel, and she ran out of money. <laughs> and so it just, it just remained about one foot high, and for a few years, she was sort of the brunt of, of jokes in this town, just sort of a laughing stock, so to speak. You know, she did, almost like Joseph in the Old Testament. Oh, there goes the dreamer, you know. She was, uh, she was the brunt of jokes. And anyhow, on April 25th, 1467, so that, that would have been yesterday, uh, which is the Feast of St. Mark, and St. Mark is the patron saint of the town of Genesana. So, if you've ever been to Europe or any like, traditional Catholic country, whenever the town's patronal feast happens, there's a huge festival, carnival, all sorts of games, and all sorts of, you know, all sorts of celebrations. So, yesterday, April 25th, but 555 years ago, 1467, this big festival on the main piazza in Genesana, about 4 p.m. in the afternoon, all the people who are gathered for this festival start hearing what sounds like, like incredibly transcendent heavenly music coming from the sky. Um, and they all begin to look up. It almost, when you read the account of it, it almost sounds similar to uh, the account of the miracle of the sun. I don't know if you've read about that. 90,000 people saw this miracle of the sun and found it. It sounds like sort of a similar thing, but on a smaller scale in Genesana, where there's this heavenly music coming, and all of a sudden they see this sort of glowing cloud with kind of rays of light coming out of it. They can't see the image yet, but it's just this clearly supernatural phenomenon. And the cloud kind of comes down, all the church bells in town start tolling spontaneously. Um, it comes down and it rests over this unfinished side chapel at <laughs> uh, this church and just kind of hangs there. Eventually the light fades and the cloud goes away and people can see the image uh, of Our Lady and immediately they all just obviously flock to this place and they're, they're praying there and you read about how people just kept vigil all night. Word spread quickly to the countryside. All these people start coming in and praying all night and all day and there was uh, recorded 161 miracles of all sorts of different kinds um, through people who came to visit this image in the first, just in the first 100 days after this miracle happened. So from April 25th until the Vigil of the Assumption, August 14th, about 100 days in that year, 161 people were healed of blindness, were exercised of demons, went from a place of like no faith at all to suddenly having like all sorts of incredible miracles uh, and and obviously like word spread quickly to Rome where these two poor Albanian soldiers are still wandering around. What happened to the <laughs> We follow it. So so they hear about this and say maybe that's it. So they go to Genesana and they find the image there and they eventually settle there and marry and actually one of the soldiers descendants still lives in the town of Genesana to this day his family is um, is still there. But just a couple Historical notes that's, that's interesting. First of all, it's just an incredible story. Um, and I think, too, I, I would point out, you know, I think, particularly in our modern age, we are very tempted 
approached with a high degree of skepticism, uh, a story like this. Uh, but I think the first thing we need to remind ourselves is like, well, is God all-powerful or not? Like, if he can, he can literally create something out of nothing, then it is like easy peasy for him <laughs> to pull an image off the wall and make it go wherever he wants. Like, that is not hard for God to do. <laughs> um, and also, I think it's, it's really important for, for us to keep in mind that God, when he acts in history, he acts according to the mode in which the people of that time are best going to receive his graces. Right? So, at that particular time in church history, where there was more fervor and a more prompt belief in the miraculous than we would have today, that makes sense. That God is going to produce more miracles like that in an age in which people are going to receive that particular type of God's action more promptly than we would today. Uh, so we need to, to keep those things in mind. Uh, also, just a few historical was Yesterday was the 555th anniversary of this miracle, uh, which is going to be. Also, for almost the first 200 years after this happened, she didn't go by the title, the image didn't go by the title Our Lady of the Council. The image went by the title La Madonna del Paradiso, which means Our Lady of Paradise, Our Lady of Heaven. Because to the people in town, it looked like the image just came straight out of heaven. So that was what they referred to the image as. But eventually, because the popes and their documents about the image continually use the title of Our Lady of the Council in reference to the church building where the image was, it eventually gained that name. But another title for her image here would be the Our Lady of Paradise or Our Lady of, of Heaven. Our, our friend, the widow Patricia, she died three years after the miracle happened at age 80. And she obviously was no longer in the front of jokes in town, but she was very much revered as this holy person. Um, and she was actually declared blessed. I don't know exactly when, but she's buried in that church today. So if you go to get a sign, you, um, you can pray at the tomb of, of Blessed uh, Petrucia. And another interesting historical note is that St. Alphonsus Lepore always uh, worked in the study with an image of Our Lady of Good Counsel uh, on his desk. Um, so just another sort of interesting historical connection. But the story. Uh, Aside, just a word of uh, encouragement on this feast day. You know, there, there are a number of titles of Our Lady that point, you might say, to her ability to kind of problem solve uh, or to help us kind of get out of pickles or to give us kind of wisdom and light to know what to do in a certain situation. Right? So you have Our Lady's seat of wisdom, right? You have Our Lady, a popular title today, Our Lady Undo or Knots, right? And you have Our Lady Good Counsel. So all these titles that sort of refer to Mary's ability to help us in difficult predicaments or complex circumstances. Um, and I think this is something that we should, we should always go to her for, is this kind of light, to know what to do. It's one of the things I pray for the most, is light to know what decision to make here, what decision to make there, right? I think um, particularly parents should ask for a lot of light all the time from our lady, how do I discipline this child? How should I discipline that child? Like, what does this child mean now? What does that child mean now? Um, you know, and then just general things. We should always be asking for light to you know what decision to make. You know, how do I, or how do I approach this relationship or that relationship? How do I evangelize this person or that person? Right? Um, 
How do I best glorify you in this task or that task? Because there's a lot riding on whether we make good decisions in life <laughs> about this thing or that thing. And our, our Lady, time and again throughout church history, has been a source of intercession to be able to know more clearly what to do in, in life circumstances that can be kind of complicated and, and difficult to figure out. She can sort of unravel it for us a little bit, give us a little bit of light um, and, and clarity. And the reason she's so good at that is that she's without sin, right? When you're without sin, your intellect is lucid and clear, right? When she pondered the mysteries of God in her heart, it was with a, a greater, like a certain depth and lucidity that's beyond the rest of us. Um, and so she can kind of be this vessel of intercession to help us sort of ponder the will of God also um, in, a, in a more clear manner. So just encourage you on this feast day to uh, turn to her frequently, um, especially if you're a parishioner here, I think maybe extra graces for, um, since this is the, the patroness of our parish, literally that, uh, to invoke her frequently under this title and, and to ask her to guide all of your decisions.